This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! This week, Sony delivers a sucker punch. Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 376 for Thursday, November 9th, 2023. Well, we are quickly getting into the end of the year. Thanksgiving is coming up fast, and it won't be long after that, and Christmas and New Year's will be upon us. Yesterday was my 53rd birthday, and man, am I feeling it. My back has been stiff every morning lately thanks to that lovely car accident uh, back in 2015 when I lived in Atlanta, and a guy in a construction truck was nice enough to text and drive and plow into me while doing 70 in a 45-mile-an-hour zone. That was definitely not fun. And speaking of getting old, if I can channel a little bit of my inner Rodney Dangerfield, you know you're getting old when you walk past a cemetery and two guys start chasing you down the road with shovels. Or last Saturday when I fell asleep on the couch and I woke up in a black suit with my family crying over me. <laughs> All right, enough of that. So, if you haven't noticed already, I have expanded my YouTube channel to include technology items and in addition to photography and videography-related topics, as I love technology, and I've always been a major tech nerd. Lately, I've been using my latest piece of tech, the Vitcher One XR glasses and the Vitcher One neckband combo, and I'm really enjoying it very much. Now, the neckband is a self-contained Android-based media system that can tie into the PlayStation Play and Xbox Play systems so that you can remotely access and play your game consoles while you're on the road for those of you that are big gamers. Now, in addition, you can also stream your favorite apps on the neckband as well as other services such as Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, Amazon Prime, Disney+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, Peacock, and others, as well as Apple TV+. Plus. I almost forgot that one and its battery can stream for three hours on a single charge. Now, the best part is, with having the neckband, you can connect the Vitro One glasses directly to the neckband and have a truly portable self-contained media experience that you can take with you anywhere, and you don't need to be connected to your phone or tablet, which is extremely convenient. But let's move on to the new item for this week. Sony just announced their A9 III camera, and they have really released a sucker punch to the camera market with this latest generation on the A9 platform. Now, the following are the key features for this new camera. It has a 24.6 megapixel full-frame global shutter sensor. Up to 120 frames per second continuous shooting with autofocus and auto-exposure pre-capture function with speed boost button, flash sync at up to 1 180 thousandths of a second. Yes, you heard that correctly. 
4K at 120p 10-bit video S-Log3 and S-Cinetone. 759-point phase-detect autofocus with tracking. 8-stop, 5-axis in-body image stabilization, 9.44 million dot EVF with 240 frame per second refresh rate. 3.2-inch, 2.1 million dot 4-axis touchscreen LCD and dual CF Express Type A slash SD card slots. So what does all this mean? Well, it's a new dimension of image performance. Laying claim to the title of world's first global shutter mirrorless camera, the Sony A93 is a speedy and incredibly capable system for sports, wildlife, photojournalism, and much, much more. This revolutionary sensor technology raises the bar for full-frame imaging, including the ability to shoot raw continuously at up to 120 frames per second and enjoy flash sync up to the maximum shutter speed of 180 thousandths of a second. Blending the functionality of this 24.6 megapixel center sensor with Sony's powerful Bionez XR processor, and AI processing unit results in a system that will provide unmatched performance for those looking for an incredibly responsive and reliable camera system. Now, the global shutter is a first for mirrorless. Sony has delivered the world's first full-frame global shutter mirrorless camera with the A93. The use of a global shutter provides a leap in performance over the rolling shutter technology used for decades. A global shutter provides a near instantaneous and simultaneous readout of all 24.6 megapixels, eliminating skew and other artifacts that plagued rolling shutters. It also far surpasses mechanical shutter technology in every way, making the physical shutter unnecessary in the A93. Global shutters help ensure consistent and uniform exposure across the entire frame in all lighting conditions. Flash sync is possible at any shutter speed, even the maximum of 180 thousandths of a second. The simultaneous readout also prevents banding from certain light sources, such as fluorescent lighting. In a gym, outside, or with mixed artificial lighting, the A93 will handle it all with ease. Pre-capture and speed boost. Never miss a moment. Along with the key technology delivered by the sensor, the A93 offers features, new features to unlock the camera's full potential. Pre-capture. The A93 can be configured to begin recording images to the buffer when the shutter button is half-pressed. Users can set this between 0.05 to 1.0 seconds. Upon pressing the shutter, these images will be saved to the memory card. Speed boost. Not every shot calls for the A93's impressive max speed of 120 frames per second. With speed boost and the C5 button, which is conveniently placed near the grip on the front of the camera, users can instantly switch their camera from their con usual continuous shooting frame rate to a faster one to make sure their next shot is just right. Photographers will be able to select various frame rates up to the 120 frames per second. Pro quality 4K video. While video benefits greatly from the use of global shutter technology, rolling shutter and banding artifacts are completely eliminated. 
The A9 III boasts plenty of other video improvements over its predecessor worth talking about. The A9 III captures and downsamples the full 6K image area to produce high-quality UHD 4K video up to 60 frames per second. It can also record 4K up to 120 frames per second with no crop. Record 10-bit 422 internally using all one uh, all one encoding for maximum quality. Output 16-bit RAW via the full-size HDMI port to a compatible external recorder such as an Atomos Ninja. S-Log3, S-Cinetone, and other picture profiles are available for optimizing the image for your workflow and production environment. Refine body design. With the new generation of Alpha Series cameras comes some slight tweaks and modifications designed to make the operation of the system more ergonomic. The A93 features a handful of updates. Addition of the C5 custom button to the front of the camera body. Continuous shooting mode dial can now be disabled and shooting speed can be adjusted in the menu. Enhanced grip and the shutter button has been slightly moved to provide a more ergonomic experience. Dual CF Express Type A slash SD card slots provides versatility, allowing users to use existing media or to pick up the faster CF Express options to take full advantage of the A93's increased speed. USB C port now offers faster USB 3.2 Gen 2 speeds of up to 10 gigabits per second. The 3.2-inch 2.1 million dot 4-axis multi-angle touchscreen LCD first seen on the A7R5. This screen has a wide color gamut covering DCI P3 space. The 9.44 million dot 0.90x OLED electronic viewfinder with a maximum refresh rate of 240 frames per second. The A93 benefits from maximum quality viewing at up to 120 frames per second. Ethernet port for advanced networking and data transfer workflows. The optional VG-C5EM vertical grip is designed to match the updated ergonomics of the A93, including the new C5 button. Future firmware updates, the Sony A93 is going to get better with time, and there are some details on what to expect in future firmware updates. The ability to shoot continuously at up to 120 frames per second when using the maximum shutter speed of 180 thousandths of a second. Workflow enhancements for IPTC, metadata, and FTP functions. Addition of C2PA technology from the Content Authenticity Initiative. Now, that is a lot of technology in this new camera. And as you can see from these specs, this camera is extremely impressive. As the global shutter means, the shutter reads all pixels simultaneously. So there's no waiting, there's no banding, and no binning. So when shooting video, there's no more weird jello effect when you're panning. No issues when shooting stills in fluorescent or LED lighting is present. With the global shutter, you also have crazy shutter speeds of up to 180 thousandths of a second, which means you can use any shutter speed with your flash units as well. Until now, you could only use high shutter speeds with your flash units with a leaf shutter. But even then, there were limitations. And now, with this global shutter, there are absolutely no 
limitations at all for flash sync speed. So now this begs the question, what are Canon and Nikon going to do in response to this new camera from Sony? Now, to be honest, I think Nikon is a bit behind the eight ball on this since they just released the Z8 and they don't have as deep a pockets as Sony and Canon for research and development. Now, as for Canon, I would not be surprised if they are already putting a global shutter into their upcoming R1 flagship body that is yet to be announced. Being that the R1 will be Canon's flagship sports body on steroids, considering the R3 is already insanely capable, I would think that Canon most likely already had the global shutter on their agenda. I would also expect the R1 to have their new quad pixel AF system that they have been working on for a while now, and that has yet to be, to be released in a camera body. I also don't think, like others have speculated, that the R1 will have a massive high-resolution sensor or 8K video. Canon has never used a high-resolution sensor in their flagship sports body, preferring instead to stick to 20 or a little over 20 megapixels so that they have the superb low-light performance. You notice that Sony went with 24.6 megapixels, and I believe that Canon will do the same with the R1. Now, remember, I've said over and over again that Canon is saving that monster sensor for the mirrorless replacement for their 5DS and SR bodies, which they have already announced will be coming in the near future. Now, hopefully, Canon will get with the program and also equip the R1 with matching memory cards such as Dual CF Express for maximum performance when shooting the high-level sports such as NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, or the Olympics, or even NASCAR or IMSA racing. Now, with the announcement and release of the A93, Sony has certainly thrown down the gauntlet. And I'm sure Canon will answer back soon with their R1 body announcement, and we'll see what that body has to offer. And it will certainly make things interesting, as well as cause some struggles for Nikon going forward. Now, for my camera company of choice, Fujifilm, this doesn't really mean anything new. Fujifilm has a nice niche with their APS-C and medium format camera systems, and yet a global shutter would be awesome in the X or GFX bodies, and I'm sure Fujifilm will get there eventually. But right now, it's not a super high priority, and I think Fujifilm will continue to be just fine with their current offerings. Now, I'm going to take a break right here, and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. You can visit the homepage at liamphotographypodcast.com for show notes and links. If you have questions, comments, or requests for topics or future guests you'd like to hear on the show, you can email me at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. Also, be sure to check out the liamphotographypodcast.com Facebook group, and you can find me on Twitter at liamphotoatl. You can tweet the show just insert the hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. All right. So now let's take a look at a couple of news stories for this week from our good friends over at Petapixel. 
The Phase 1 P5 is a 128-megapixel medium-format camera built for drones. In collaboration with Quantum Systems and Trimble, Phase 1 announced the state-of-the-art 128-megapixel camera purpose-built for survey-grade uh, survey applications. The Phase 1 P5 is designed for mini UAV drones and weighs less than 700 grams, which is very lightweight for a medium-format camera. Quote, uh, let's see here. Accurate surveys play a critical role in construction projects and architectural design, whether it's during the construction phase or in the post-completion monitoring stage. However, current UAV-based surveying solutions have often fallen short in capturing survey-grade quality data, leaving a critical gap in meeting industry demands, explains a press release. To that end, the P5 offers flexible mounting options, ensuring that it will work within a wide array of professional workflows. The camera also sports industry standard communication protocols and connectivity. Phase 1 has eliminated pixel distortion through meticulous collaboration and promises a 100% accurate capture timestamp and mid-exposure triggering. Users can select between 35mm and 80mm lens options. Phase 1 also says that its 128-megapixel image sensor promises low ground sample distance, or GSD, and blur-free images. Of note, the P5 sports an electronic global shutter pointing to, the, pointing to the sensor most likely being the Sony IMX661 announced in early 2021. At that time, Petapixel wrote that the sensor is designed for the industrial market, which aligns with the P5's target user. In the realm of specialized camera systems, the Phase 1 P5 has been meticulously crafted to address the shortcomings of conventional cameras for UAVs in terms of speed, weight, and data quality. Purpose-built for aerial surveying via drone, the camera stands as the world's pioneering solution, consistently delivering the highest resolution and accuracy, along with industry-standard metrical calibration, says Phase 1. The Phase 1 P5 is being deployed with the Quantum System Trinity Pro, a UAV with more than 75,000 flight hours of proven performance. The UAV has a ground speed of up to 22 meters per second and maintains operational at altitudes ranging from 60 to 120 meters. Quote, we are proud to introduce a pioneering solution that not only addresses the profound challenges faced by the surveying and construction industry, but also sets new benchmarks for efficiency and precision, explains Robert Leake, head of commercial sales at Quantum Systems. Quote, our collaboration with Phase 1 and Trimble has yielded a game-changing survey-grade UAV solution. Achieving this level of quality, detail, and accuracy within a fixed-wing platform is a first in the industry. We're opening new horizons for engineering surveying professionals, and we're excited to be at the forefront of this revolutionary leap forward. Each Phase 1 P5 camera undergoes factory metric calibration and is supplied with a calibration certificate. When integrated with the Trinity Pro system, the Phase 1 P5 swiftly and accurately covers large survey areas, resulting in significant time and cost savings compared to traditional mapping and surveying methods, states Michael Messerschmidt, Director of Product Management, unmanned at Phase 1. So that's definitely an interesting bit of news, and I'm not surprised, although I'm a little bit surprised that they could 
create a drone that is uh, with a medium format camera is a little bit surprising there because the medium format is always thought of as being so large and bulky as far as the camera systems themselves that they're able to create one that's actually small enough to mount on a drone is extremely impressive but then again uh phase one has always been a company that pioneers medium format technology so my hat's off to them that's definitely an impressive feat of medium format technology engineering so congratulations folks Final Cut Pro is getting faster on Mac, better workflows on iPad, and new features on both. Apple will release an update to both the desktop and mobile versions of Final Cut Pro later this month that will improve the workflows on iPad and speed up exports on Mac, which also adding while also adding new features to both platforms. In an update that will be available via the App Store uh, later this month, the exact time was not disclosed. Final Cut Pro for Mac will see improvements in timeline navigation and organization, as well as giving editors a new way to simplify complex edits and even faster export speeds on computers running Mac OS Sonoma or later and are powered by M1 Max, M1 Ultra, M2 Max, M2 Ultra, or M3 Max processors. On the mobile front, Final Cut Pro for iPad is getting new features that are designed to make the touch interface better and will also get support for voiceover recording, expanded in-app content options, and color grading presets along with other workflow improvements. Uh, let's see here. New and Final Cut for Mac Pro, uh, Final Cut Pro for Mac. From a performance perspective, Apple's next update will be especially useful for editors who work on more than one project at a time. With this update, editors will be able to speed up H.264 and HEVC exports as the software will be able to automatically send video segments to available media engines for simultaneous processing. The result is faster exports for those working on multiple projects at once. The object tracker is getting an uplift with a new machine learning model. Apple says that results are now improved while when using the tool to analyze movement of faces and other objects on Mac devices using Apple Silicon. Uh, Final Cut Pro can choose what it determines to be the most suitable analysis when the method is set to automatic. Beyond these performance enhancements, Apple is also making it easier to organize timelines. Final Cut Pro will include automatic timeline scrolling with the goal of making it easier to stay focused by keeping clips in view under the playhead during playback. Editors can also adjust their timeline view during playback by using the zoom tool or keyboard shortcuts. The update will also allow editors to see the organization of a timeline at a glance and differentiate clips by assigned role via color, which also lets editors identify and highlight clips by role using the timeline index. The interface allows editors to quickly clean up more complex sections of the timeline and fine-tune the edit by combining selected groups of overlapping connected clips into a single connected storyline. Editors can also combine connected clips with existing connected storylines. New and Final Cut Pro for iPad Final Cut Pro for iPad, which was released earlier this year, will be updated to let editors toggle stabilization in the Pro Camera mode, which allows editors to pick between stabilized shaky footage or keeping as is to emphasize movement and action. 
Footage capture can be ingested directly into a project to reduce the friction between capture and edit. The iPad app will also allow editors to combine a selected group of clips or storylines and consolidate them into a single connected storyline to help stay organized and efficient. The new group command combines the magnetic timeline with connected clips and organizes the timeline. While editors can't yet start a project on Mac and send it to an iPad, Final Cut Pro for iPad does support the ability to import projects created in iMovie for iOS and iPad. Users can export their Final Cut Pro projects to Mac just as before. This requires Final Cut Pro 10.7 or later. The ability to import iMovie files requires iMovie for iOS 3.0 or later. Final Cut Pro on iPad is also giving editors the ability to record audio clips directly into the timeline. The feature supports the iPad's built-in microphone, but it can also work with any microphone connected to it. Recordings can be made anywhere in a timeline, and the app will start a countdown before the recording begins. The iPad app is also getting new keyboard shortcuts that support voiceover and also the grouping of clips to make accessing these features even faster. Finally, editors can also add new looks to footage thanks to the inclusion of new color grading presets and a selection of new titles and generators. Pricing and availability. Final Cut Pro 10.7 will be a free update for existing users. New users can pick up the editor from the Mac App Store for $299.99. There is also a 90-day free trial for the software. The same can be said for the iPad app, as version 1.3 will be available as a free update to existing users and available to, to new users for $4.99 per month or $49 per year with a one-month free trial option. As a note, Final Cut Pro for iPad is compatible with M1 chip iPad models or later and requires iPad OS 16.6. Both updates are slated to come sometime later this month, but an exact date was not provided. So definitely some exciting news for those of you that like to use Final Cut Pro on both your Mac and your iPad. Now, I've been going back and forth. I used Final Cut Pro for a long time on my Mac Mini, uh, but my previous Mac Mini started to get to the point where when I would add plugins to my videos, Final Cut would start lagging and locking up and crashing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And I guess that should have been a bit of a warning ahead of time that there was something wrong with my M1 Mac Mini. I did recently, after a couple of months of troubleshooting with Apple, get it replaced this week uh, by a base model M2 Mac Mini, which is what I'm using as my podcasting machine now, because a few weeks ago, I had already ordered an M2 Pro Mac Mini as my new main desktop. Um, and now that I have the M2 Pro, um, I went from using DaVinci Resolve back to trying Final Cut for my last couple of YouTube videos, and Final Cut works great again, so it was definitely more than likely a hardware problem, because when I first got my M1 Mac, I had no problems using Final Cut at all. Uh, it worked great for the longest time, so I guess the issues with Final Cut should have been a telltale sign to me that it was starting to develop hardware problems, but either way... Um, the only thing that disappoints me is I really wish Apple would have thought of those of us that have been loyal Final Cut Pro customers for years and would have given us the Final Cut Pro for iPad for free. 
I, you know, I don't think we should have we should have to pay a subscription model to have it on our iPads when we've already had it on our Macs for years and years and years. They've already gotten our cash. Why should we have to keep giving them more cash? But yeah, this subscription model is the way everybody's going nowadays, whether we like it or not. And I, for one, don't like it. <laughs> I still try to buy everything as perpetual as possible when at all possible. But I guess that's just the nature of the beast. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group you can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on instagram facebook and twitter at liamphotoatl if you like abandoned buildings and history you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com all right, that's going to wrap up episode 376 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, turn on all notifications, make sure you get your entry in for my latest giveaway where you have a chance to win a Shift Cam Pro battery grip for your smartphone that contest will be ending on november 30th so get your entry in now and i will see you all again next thursday